There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Morenita, your deep dive into the Latinx experience. My name is Darylin Castillo, y te invito. My guest today is Manuel Antonio Moran. Dr. Moran was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and has worked as an actor, singer, writer, composer, puppeteer, theater, and film director. He is the founder and artistic director of SEA, Society of the Educational Arts, Inc., he is a published author with multiple children's books, and his current show is the elavionthearplane.com, E-L-A-V-I-O-N, theairplane.com. I think you'll really enjoy getting to know Dr. Manuel Moran. Hello, Manuel, and welcome to Morenita. We are so excited to have you. Everyone is bursting with joy because... I think we're going to have a lot of things to talk about because you do so much. Such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you talking about all the things I do. <laughs> all the skills that you have. And as I discussed in your beautiful bio, all the things that you do, what is your favorite and why? I would say that above all, I mean, I love to be on stage performing, mm. especially performing for, for family audiences, for kids why I'm doing theater. When I was in third grade back in my home, homeland, Vega Baja, Puerto Rico, my, my hometown, a group of the company that I have now went to my school to present a show for us. I remember they took us out to the, to the patio of the school under the beautiful sun of Puerto Rico. They sat us down and then we saw this amazing show that had live musicians, puppets, actors, they were singing, dancing, beautifully done, lots of colors. I was mesmerized. It was like a magical moment for me. It was the first time that I saw live theater. Yeah. And I knew at that moment that that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I've been doing since then. So I feel that when I'm performing, even when I'm performing myself or presenting some of my work, I might be producing the same kind of reaction in some mm, of these kids yeah when the curtain opens and you see their faces and you see how you know their 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 eyes are like 
brightening and widening up. Yes, it's like <laughs> it's a magical moment. They are feeling that same feeling that you felt when you were in third That's grade. right. And it's really sad that we have not been able to do that for almost two years, actually, on stage. We've been performing on streets, on parks, you know, but because of the pandemic, the theater has been closed. And because the kids are not vaccinated yet, we have not been able to go back to do family performances inside the theater. Yeah. How did the pandemic shift that for you? Are you doing more things online? But in the beginning, what was the effects of that? Because everything you do seems it's so important to be in person. That's right. It's really been devastating in one aspect, but at the same time, it has been very rewarding in another aspect because it has pushed me and us to reinvent ourselves. Mm. to rethink what we're doing, yeah, to be more creative. I think the pandemic has shifted the way everybody's thinking about life and about everything. But in, in our case, because we're very mission-oriented, we're very clear on what we do, mm-hmm. it has also helped us reshape that mission. And yes, we move everything to virtuality, to online. And that has been also very rewarding. It really has helped us span our audiences because now we're not talking about just our immediate community or New York City al- alone. We're actually seeing that people from many different countries are actually enjoying what we're doing. And it has been very successful. So, so I think that from now on, I don't think we're going to go back just to do the presential stuff. I think it's always going to be a combination of the virtuality world and the presential world as well. The only thing is that you don't have the immediate reaction. You can only imagine how people are reacting to what you're doing. Yeah. And just adjusting has been so interesting in the world of arts and theater nowadays. Our world of arts is always changing also, you know, as the world socially is changing. So it's always an adjustment. This is just another portion. So I'm glad to hear that it's been a reinventing, reimagining moment uh, for both ends of the spectrum. My only ever attraction with puppetry, I did Lion King. So that was like the only thing that I've ever experienced because in theater nowadays, it's not very often. It's very rare to do puppetry nowadays. Tell me more. You know that the fact that Lion King, it's, you know, that's one of the most beautiful pieces I've seen, you know, mm. of how to integrate puppetry into live theater. I see puppetry as a theatrical resource. It's a very complete art form because it, it includes many different uh, art forms. Like you need this kind of like dance choreography to it. You have yeah. to perform in it. The craft of a puppet, you need to not only be a good creator, a good um, designer, a good painter, a good um, sculpture. All the arts are involved in puppetry. And it's also a very amazing way uh, to, to use in theater because then you can actually transport audiences to other things and do things on stage that you cannot do with humans, period. Yeah. Puppets, uh, I mean, like Lion King, for example. How can we recreate all these animals and bring them to life? And I've seen performances of the Lion King, and it's just really a magical world created with puppets. So puppetry does that on stage. And I, like I said, talking about my original, my first encounter with theater, mm-hmm. puppets were involved as well. Ah, okay. So uh, I actually fell in love with that as well. I wanted to learn. And thank God I had a family and a mom that still have them. I love them very much. <laughs> that really encouraged this kid, this curious kid that wanted to learn and to integrate puppetry into the performing. 
aspect. In the United States, puppetry sometimes it seems that it's only for kids. And mm. when the fact is historically, it's a popular art form um, that has been used and has been part of our cultures for centuries. And it's in many different countries, it's actually used for adult theater more than for family for audiences. Children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And here in the United States, that's, that has been shifting, especially because now in the mainstream on Broadway and all that, they've been integrating puppetry more and more. Believe me, I, 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 I see it more and more and I think it's going to keep growing and growing and growing because puppets allowed the audiences to connect in ways that actors cannot do. Actually. Yeah, it's a whole different level. And also I've been using it also for adult theater as well. I call it adult and children's theater, but you know, it's not really adult theater. It's, it's theater for adults. Theater for adults. We're going to change yes. that one up. Theater for adults. My beginning of my career, acting career, I did a lot of children's work, a lot of children's yes. theater here in the city. And bless your heart, for the children because they are more cutthroat than the adults. I oh, mean, yes, they are. <laughs> what is, um, I mean, I think so because they're just more honest. Um, you they're can't totally really fool transparent. them. I really want to reinforce the self-esteem of the kids and for them to feel proud of who they are. And this biculturalism where, you know, people are telling us that, you know, sometimes we don't belong to one side or the other. We're like in this middle, you middle know, what, what is called biculturalism. Yes. <laughs> we want to say that's fantastic. That's rich. That's amazing. You know, and we do it through theater. Um, so I feel that kids audiences and family audiences are the hardest one to perform mm. because if they, if you're not really being honest and if you do not present a quality work that is really means something to the kids, the kids will just lose attention in two seconds and that's it. So um, I feel very uh, sad and also sometimes a little frustrated people from in the arts world mm -hmm. when they, you know, because there's kind of like a little prejudice uh, or a big prejudice against children's theater for young audiences. There is, Be yeah. Yeah, people yeah. think that it's a lesser art form when mm -hmm. in fact it's not, it's the opposite. I feel that you need to to be like what you present. You have to be so careful. So it has to be so well done. The quality has to be high level because otherwise it will not work. Yeah. You understand? So yeah, it's I, the hardest I, when credit. I, that's right. And when I hear people, you know, putting down children's theater or theater for young audiences, I first of all I think it's that's kind of like an ignorant position. Yeah. Because right. on the opposite. Uh, I feel that, you know, that is the theater, well, theater in general, but I feel that that theater has to be extremely well done and the artistry has to be a high level in order for us to reach our audience, our very demanding audience. I completely agree with you. I played Cinderella for the show and it was for the, a children's theater company. Mm -hmm. And the fact that young kids were even seeing an Afro-Latina playing Cinderella I remember a little girl came up to me and she was like, how are you Cinderella? And it, but, but it was an honest question. She just had never seen something like that. And to be given that honor to like, be like, well, just so you know, like Cinderella can be anyone. You can be Cinderella. He can be Cinderella. Your dog can be Cinderella and exploring that imagination. And I love what you stated a little bit ago when you mentioned about your family, because I share the same with my family. They're very supportive, but allowing you to explore. And that's what you're providing. It's very amazing what you just say. I, I really love the, your story about Cinderella, because that's what we're doing in mm. Teatro Sean and with the work I do, 
we're trying to rethink, to present, to give tools to these kids or for them to see themselves reflected on stage and see the diversity. We say in, in my theater, all the colors, all the accents, everything yes. is allowed because that's who we are. Mm -hmm. That's really our society. So we have uh, a series called Latinized Children's Classics. Mm -hmm. And we do that. We I have that. like we change. We we have a Cinderella, but it's a tango dancing Cinderella, and oh. it's based on on Argentina and oh the, you know, South America and all the, the the idiosyncrasies and the way they speak and the music. We have a Pinocchio, but our Pinocchio is a Mexican Pinocchio. It's called Pino Nacho, oh and we God. talk about actually we talk <laughs> about immigration. One of the things that we do in the work that I do is that we try to bring important topics that yeah. you know, people think that, oh, because their kids is the favorite topic of media when they talk about Latinos. Yeah. And who's talking to the kids about it? So through theater and through a story of Pinocchio, or in our case, Pino Nacho, <laughs> we can actually engage into a conversation with the audience because after every show we have conversations, we use different European stories or traditional yeah. stories, and we transform them into, we Latinize them. Yes. Even Shakespeare, we have done that with yes. Shakespeare. Yes, oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's the kind <laughs> of work that I do. Also, we do original stories, we mm -hmm. do folk stories from, from Latin America. So it's really a place, I believe that our theater is a, I mean, and, and I'm saying this because many parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts <laughs> are telling me this after performances that they are so thrilled that they can share their mm. culture um, with their kids because mm. they're struggling every day to try to preserve the language, to try to preserve the culture, to make the kids understand that their biculturalism is, is something valuable and the theater that we do really offers that experience and and you see the kids and the families feeling proud when they hear that this actor is from Dominican Republic that that other actor is from Puerto Rico that that other actor is from Ecuador representing so, uh, yes it's, it, we value those things uh, because that's what we need to do in order to strengthen our community Right. You're providing conversation for children. And that's yes. incredible because in our culture, the kids be quiet, sit down and be children. So you're providing an avenue for children to have conversations about these adult things. And it actually makes sense for them. It's brilliant. Thank you. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. I know that you are from Puerto Rico. And then what was your journey coming to New York? And when was that transition and bringing theater to New York? It was a, a tough uh, decision and also a tough process. My family encouraged me and they got me enrolled in every single thing yeah. uh, related to theater, in church, in the community, in school. I was always involved in that. So I, I went to the University of Puerto Rico very young. I started college at 16. Wow. Uh, that's another story, but I did start it, you know, <laughs> very young. And there I went to the, the Department of Drama of the University of Puerto Rico, which is an amazing school of theater. And then I started meeting peers and starting professionalizing myself. Uh, and of course, I was already doing theater in my town. We had a company. It was more okay. like a community theater company. Those are the beginnings of Teatro Sea. And then obviously when I go to school, I, I started professionalizing. Then we started doing theater in San Juan uh, while I was in school, producing very successfully, okay. uh, producing theater. And then I decided that I was going to continue my studies and I decided to come to, well, the mecca of the theater of New York. Right. I mean, of the world, <laughs> New, York, of the world. New York City. <laughs> exactly. So I, I applied to the musical theater program of NYU and which is a very difficult program to get into you know you went yes. right for the stars <laughs> I went to the musical theater and to the educational theater because I wanted to continue doing both things mm -hmm. because I had a very clear idea that I wanted to do educational theater as well and right. theater for family audiences and musical theater which is my passion as well <laughs> so because I sing I you know all that I auditioned, I, I got accepted, and, you know, I literally, I was the only Latino, uh, and, mm. you know, at that time. Uh, well, actually, Carmen Rivera, the, the playwright, uh, ah. Carmen Rivera, she was actually doing her master's as well. I think, if not in my program, it, but we were taking some classes together. Okay. She was also very uh, important to teach me a lot about the diaspora and about, because I came, it was a totally different experience for me coming from Puerto Rico, growing yes. up in Puerto Rico. So I decided to immerse myself into, it was hard because of the language, obviously. I had to start from the beginning, even though I knew English, I'm still not fluent, but... <laughs> but you're making your way through, yes. <laughs> Being in a theater program and having a, a thick accent, I went through many different things. I had to face tons of comments. I mean, comments like absurd comments like, oh, I'm sorry, you cannot be in this show. You're a great actor, a great singer, but this is too American for you. What? That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. That happened to me. I have tons of stories of things that happened to me, but I had to face that cultural shock. 
Jesus, how did you like come out from that? Because I have a passion and I knew where I wanted to go. The force, the talent to achieve this, that obviously I have an accent. So what? I'm going to use it, you know, to, yes. to in order for me to advance what, what I want. I was cl- kind of clear, but then many times I was actually hurt. Uh, my self-esteem, of course, suffered. I put myself, this is why I decided to do what I do. And this is when I switched the name to SEA. And it actually, well, it was while I was in NYU. Because I realized that if me as an adult, as a young adult, have decided to come to the United States to pursue graduate studies in a very prestigious university, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine kids that are brought here with no explanation? Hmm. Like many cases that I found, you know, like they, they say, okay, we're going to visit your cousins and you never come back. The cultural show that I was going through was tough and it was by choice of an adult. Can you imagine a kid? So yeah. that really made me... Uh, commit to this idea. No, I want to use my passion and my talents, which is in theater and the arts, to talk, to deal with that cultural shock that kids Mm. are going through, uh, because I felt it in a different way. And that also gave me the courage and the power, I will say, to continue and to establish what I have established in New York, which is a very strong institution. And with a lot of visibility and it's serving thousands and thousands of kids, not only Latinos and not only immigrant kids, but also serving everyone. Uh, but with that very specific theme, many people have advised me, well, I mean, Manuel, I think you could be even more successful if mm. you take the, the Latinx uh, label out. Wow, and just really? Be, and I'm like, no, That's no, no. Who you you are. don't understand. <laughs> yes, we are, you know, we are, very cultural specific, but not excluding anyone. Exactly. We're doing this for everyone. That's why we perform in Spanish, yes. in English, bilingual. That's why we do um, many different things. What I love about what you just said is that this is not a one-sided conversation. And that's exactly what we're doing here on Morenita as well. We're trying to have these conversations of our cultural experiences and not only educate our community, but educate the community that doesn't really know much about what we experience, what we go through. And the fact that you're providing that for children is just triple of importance because it's so necessary at a young age. I wish I got to experience something like this when I was younger because I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood where yo era la única. I didn't know where I fit. I wasn't black. I wasn't white but I wasn't Mexican. So then I wasn't Latina, apparently. So there was that exploration of trying to find my people in my community and who I was. And that's what you are doing with Teatro Sea. It's beautiful and it's very inspiring. Identity is something so essential. I see that the majority of the problems that many of our youth are going through or went through, you know, it's because of that uh lack of identity. They don't know where they belong. And what we're trying to create here and what we're trying to teach and what we're trying to to share with people is that we build our own identity. We don't have to be black or white. We don't have to be this and that. You know, we have to be what who we are. So, uh, and that who we are is a combination of many different things. And that makes us stronger, that makes us richer, that makes us uh, special, yes. you know, and we need to believe that. And that's what we're trying to say to the kids when we say, be, say, 
Yes. Vamos a hacer. That's what we're saying. You know, that's what we're saying through that through the work we do. I know that um, you had the documentary film of puppetry in, um, I believe, was it in Puerto Rico, Cuba, and Dominican Republic? Correct. That's right. Now, how did those come about? What was the specialty of that for you? I just finished my. Uh, my tenure as the vice president of UNIMA. UNIMA is the world largest organization of puppeteers, you know, nine, over 96. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I, I was vice president for 13 years, actually, hmm. of that organization. Or I was involved in the leadership. Eight, nine years I was the, the vice president. So I had the opportunity and the blessing of being able to travel around the world. Latin America and Asia and, you know, it, the only countries that I didn't go was actually Africa. And I, and I, even, like, oh, I wanted to go, but I yeah. wouldn't go. I you wouldn't will. go, but ev <laughs> everywhere, you know, I went from Russia to Australia to wow. China. I mean, like so many countries during all this time in my leadership to festivals to when I went to Cuba for the first time, I saw what I have not seen in many different countries. I saw a flourishing puppetry movement that I was actually moved. Really? I need to tell the story to the world of what's happening here, what's happening in Dominican Republic, what's happening in Puerto Rico, in my, in my area. I'm from the Caribbean. I'm also a researcher. Mm -hmm. I have a PhD and part of my dissertation was uh, to talk about the, the development of puppetry in Puerto Rico. And, and also the development of educational theater in Puerto Rico. So I, me being also a scholar, I wanted to do one documentary on the history of, of puppetry in the Caribbean, in the Spanish Caribbean, uh, in the three main countries, which is Cuba, Puerto Rico, and Dominican Indeed. Republic. So I, and not knowing that this was going to be like a, an enormous endeavor, <laughs> I started with my nephew, um, he's, who is also a filmmaker, uh, Christian Otero, and with a group of a lot of people who really help us uh, researching and interviewing people. And out of that work, which lasted many years, three films came out of that. Wow. It's, it's called uh, Títeres en el Caribe Hispano, and we have three different episodes of an mm -hmm. hour each uh, with like 20 to 25 interviews, each of them, of many puppeteers and practitioners from, from pioneers, people who also many people have passed away uh, and I had the blessing of being able to, to preserve their voices through this film. It's the first documentary about puppetry in Puerto Rico, the first documentary about puppetry in Dominican Republic, the first uh -huh. documentary about puppetry in Cuba. Yes. And it was premiered at the Havana Film Festival to great reviews. We have won some awards also in many different festivals. Uh, it was also premiered at the National Theater of Santo Domingo. It Weta. was also premiered in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and it, it's uh, right now, you know, like it's going through many different festivals around the world. And it, the idea was to tell the story that that puppetry is not just what's happening in Europe or what's happening in other countries with a very uh, long tradition of puppetry. There's also puppetry in the Caribbean. And also to provide something that there wasn't. 
like there nobody was recording the history at least in film i didn't know about puppetry in dominican republic until researching you have to watch my documentary. You, I, it's on my list it's top <laughs> on my list i'm not kidding i have it right in front of me it's on my list to to, to good, um, dive good, into because i had no idea it, growing up puppetry is like oh you know you see it in asia i've seen it a lot yes. you know and the influence yes. is there and and other movies especially even like musical theater movies growing up yes but i never knew that we did that too i'm like okay we have it too. We have it all. <laughs> it's just that we need to tell our stories. Yes. And also there has to be a space for us to tell our stories, which is yes. another thing. You know, we do not know because that space has not been provided. Um, and I feel that that's another way of doing this. Acodazo sometimes, uh -huh. like opening yes. ourselves at the space. And I was going throughout the world. Everybody was knowing that I was from the Caribbean. People didn't know where Puerto Rico was. I, you know, <laughs> the biggest, closest reference in Asia was like either uh, Cuba or West Side Story, right. which was like, you know, what? We're more than that. There's so much more. And I love that you just said, um, this is my motto. And it's been very difficult for me. Um, especially being an Afro-Latina um, and, and a woman in this industry, but making space for yourself. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because it's easier said than done, you know? Yes. You have to be centered and secure on who you are. Yes. Because, and, and the thing is that how you get to that position when you know your history. Mm. If you knew, Darylene, that Pura Belpre... Uh-huh. An Afro-Latina, Afro-Puerto Ricana in the 1920s in New York City, in my documentary, is mm -hmm. actually, she opens my Puerto Rican documentary because she was a puppeteer and the first librarian uh, Latina in, in the New York Public Libraries. Mm -hmm. And she, until her 80s, was doing puppetry and reading books to kids hmm. throughout the city. There's actually the National Award of um, Spanish Books or Bilingual Books for Kids. It's called the Pura Pre Award. Hmm. He's the first recorded puppeteer, uh, Latina puppeteer in, in Puerto Rico, for example. The first woman uh, who, Latina woman who published bilingual books for hmm. kids. Wow. So we know that story. We tell the kids, we actually have a show called the Pura Pre Project. And it's called like that because it's a project that I have to tell all everybody, but especially for young Latinas, uh, that they know how this woman, in, you know, young woman from Sidra, Puerto Rico, decided to come to New York. There's a lot of stories, but we don't know them. Mm. And we have to tell people when people say, no, but that's not possible. Yes, it is possible. Look what happened a century ago. Look what's happening. There's so many uh, stories that we need to tell our kids because when they know who a Roberto Clemente was, who an Arturo Chomber was, who a Pura Belpre was, hmm. who, you know, we can tell many different names, not only from the Puerto Rican community, from the Latino community, that who Cesar Chavez was. I'm writing a play about Cesar Chavez, who Miriam Colon was, um, Frida Kahlo. Um, if we do not share that story with our kids, they will not feel empowered. They will not have references. Yes. And they will think that it's not possible. And so, that's why history is so important. And you're telling the stories through this magical way of theater, which is just incredible. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. 
Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. So, um, Manuel, what's next? How are we storytelling more? What new stories are you preparing? If I don't create, I die. It's like (laughs) something like I I, I had to. So I've been producing a lot of things and also thinking about many different themes and topics that kids need to hear and to understand. But also I, I wanted to talk about, you know, different types of family. I wanted to talk about uh, the elderly, mm. seniors, hmm. which they have been forgotten. Uh, uh, and also through, during this pandemic, they have been hit. Like, I mean, we lost so many people. I wanted to talk about death hmm. because that's what we're facing and nobody talks to the kids about this. So I've been writing um, uh, many different things. I am actually quite happy with some of the work. We are publishing actually now our books. This is the new thing that we're just going to announce. And you guys are going to be the f- one of the first ones to know. We love uh, to be the first. We're, <laughs> we're, bringing, we're doing a new series called Libros Teatros or, um, or Theater Books. Okay. They, we are publishing the scripts that we produce and we are illustrating them as children's books. Oh, I love that. So kids can actually, from an early age, start reading theater as theater. So we just published nine books, Lectorum, which is the largest distributor of bilingual books in the United States, is going to be distributing them. Congratulations. Yes. They're beautiful. We are actually encouraging kids to read about, not only to see the theater, but to be able to read theater. Yes. In high school, if we have a progressive uh, English teacher yes. or a Spanish teacher, but it, mostly in college. So theater is a, is a form of literature too. Mm-hmm. So encouraging kids to read from an early age theater will also help us in the theater as well. Yes. 
So we're bringing all these stories, uh, Los Colores de Frida, mm. this, the, my superhero, Roberto Clemente, stories from our folklore. Um, for example, I think the Pedro Animal story, which is a very important story uh, oral from the oral tradition of Dominican Republic. Yes. I don't think it has been published for kids no. ever. I've never read it on paper before. This is Pedro Animal Se Enamora. And we have some Afro-Latinos on the cover. Oh my God, I wish the listeners can see and this. you see all our shades and colors here. And not only that, you see it in Spanish in one side, uh -huh. you turn it to the other <gasps> side and it's in English. Oh my and it's, goodness. Uh, and it's beautifully, you know, it's like the script, but illustrated. <gasps> Oh, I cannot wait for these listeners to purchase one of these and see this. This is stunning. So the books are really beautifully illustrated by um, uh, illustrators from Latin America, from Cuba. We have a, a Michivita Magica, my magical Colombian boss. <laughs> we use like uh, symbols of a Colombian Wizard of Oz. So the Pinocchio. So this is one of the newest projects. Um, of SEA, uh, we are uh, started announcing this series. It's actually 25 books. Uh, we only wow. uh, uh, publish right now nine. We're working on the other books. So, and that will be a way to also not only promote all these stories and everything that we have done for 30 plus years, but also to, to encourage kids to read, to have the option of reading in Spanish or English, yeah. and also to be able to see and, and, and to enjoy a little bit even on a book, on a theater book. That's yes. how we call it, a theater book. So that's new. And that's uh, so important because kids need a lot more than just a book to keep them preoccupied nowadays, especially with our age of social media, phones, and, uh, and, and iPads, and da-da-da-da-da. So like you're providing multiple avenues of excitement um, for them in this incredible theatrical children's book. It's, it's brilliant. Not only, not only that, we're actually covering all the bases. We're actually moving also to media. And, mm. and we, we, la we launch uh, a, a channel on YouTube, SEA Kids Network. And is, um, we have a web series there that we're producing that is called El Avión, the Airplane. And we are so fortunate, even though we don't have that many subscribers. So please, everybody subscribe. subscribe. I mean, we have, we have 800 <laughs> something, but we bueno. have, in, in, no está mal to start. But what I'm most impressed is that between social media and the, and the, the channel, there has been close to 400,000 views in a wow. few months. Wow. So that is really uh, it's something that we are very, very proud. We did it during the pandemic. It's a beautiful project that is dedicated to everyone, but, but focusing on themes for the migrant and the refugee kids. Mm. And there's like 24 episodes right now in English and the same episode in Spanish. Mm. So it's for everyone about you know telling kids reaffirming you are special you're intelligent mm. yes. you're talented you're beautiful and it's called el avión de airplane it's a, it's a latino airline of humans and monsters <gasps> and uh, it's really people can actually go uh, to see the website it's called el avión de airplane.com uh, it's also a musical band and we just released an album, a musical album. Many of the things that I do, I do it for my kid too. Mm. I create with him. Mm. And so it's part of that uh, relationship that I have with my son now that is really have re-energized me. And he brings so much to these projects as well. Uh, he's my maestro. He's teaching me. Wow. Uh, so I can 
teach other people. You have the live critic. He's right there. He's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's his name again? His name is Manuel Gabriel. Manuel, Manuel Gabriel. Okay, okay. And he's, he, he, we have to know your right hand. <laughs> yes, and he actually performs with me in that channel too. He, we have a segment called Leader Pilot, Big Pilot, because wow. I play the pilot and he's the leader pilot. So now people know even Manuel Gabriel as leader pilot. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's I love this. I love this story because it's about it's about storytelling, but passing on, um, passing it down, you know, to the younger generation, so it continues to live on. Um, yes. And that is just that is the goal. That is the ultimate goal, um, Manuel. So if we want to follow your journey, you gave us all these amazing, you know, things to look up, El Avion, the airplane and all these incredible new projects that you have with the books coming out. Um, is there a place we can follow you on Instagram or yes. on social media? Do you want to share yes, with yes, the yes. listeners? So my Instagram is DR Manuel Moran, my doctor title, DR Manuel Moran. And also you can follow us in Teatro Sea, um, you know, on all social media, also Manuel Moran in, in, in Facebook. El Avión, the airplane has its own Instagram. You can also put El Avión, uh, the airplane, and you'll find it. So it would be wonderful to share all these things that we're doing with people and also for parents and, and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandparents to use us as a resource. Uh, because I do know that, that our community is very eager to preserve our culture. And through theater and the work we're doing, we are helping them in that endeavor. So I am very thankful for this opportunity to share my story. Uh, well, thank you. It's very nice meeting you. Lovely to uh, meet you. So thank you so much, Manuel, for coming here to Morenita, for being with us, for sharing your story and how you're passing these beautiful stories on and on and on. And um Look forward to hearing and seeing all the amazing things you're doing after this. <laughs> Same here. Thank you so much. Thank you. How did the stories you heard as a child shape your identity? Manuel was inspired as a child and he's dedicated his life to inspiring children. Today, he reminded us that identity is essential and it can be formed by the power of storytelling. Through storytelling, he's helping create a world where bicultural children feel seen and heard. And he's a powerful voice that reminds us that what children hear can impact them forever. It's a powerful reminder to us all that how we live our lives and the example that we set is seen today, but remembered for years. Morenita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most... State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.